0: welcome to the spiritual geek out podcast i'm your host diane hudock where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating from angels to energy healing from mystical places to mystical teachings this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul welcome to another episode of the spiritual geek out podcast i am so excited to share a chock full of amazing individuals on the show to round out the rest of 2023 and if you love what you are hearing here please subscribe if you haven't already wherever you listen and as a subscriber you will be part of drawings for a myriad of offerings such as discounts on upcoming programs i'll be offering and in a drawing for a free, yes, free two-hour healing session with me to one lucky subscriber. It's my way of giving back and showing my deep gratitude to you. So my guest today on the show is Christine Day. She is the author of Palladian Initiations of Light, Pleiadian Principles for Living, and The Pleiadian Promise. Christine is a Pleiadian ambassador, sharing the teachings, information, and healing wisdom of these advanced beings. And at the top of this interview, she shares some very personal stories of her awakening 26 years ago with the Pleiadians, as well as with Jesus, who she says also happens to be a Pleiadian, and we'll discuss that. We cover a lot of ground regarding who these beings are, their mission for humanity, what they look like, the frequencies they exist on, why some people see them and others don't, just what is taking place energetically in our DNA, the crystalline centers of the body, and so many more insights that will surely uplift, encourage, and empower you on your sacred and divine path here and beyond. And if you're a regular listener, you've heard this often, may this episode serve you well. And please pass it on to somebody else who could use it. Enjoy. Christine, it's just such an honor to have you. I've been looking forward to this interview for quite some time. So this is a great day. This is a great week. And it's an honor once again, to just have you present with me and and have my listeners really get to partake of your wisdom.
1: Well, it's a great gift to be here, and I just want to send blessings out to everyone, yourself included, at this very, very sacred time. And I can just feel the love from the Pleiadians coming through, really out to everyone who's listening. It's always an honour to hold that frequency of their unconditional love, Um, and um, that's what has been the gift Mm. for me. And they bring that to humanity, which is so very important at this time.
0: Yes. I I I really hear you, I really feel you, and I really feel what you're talking about. It's a it's a very um it's it's the energy of the beloved just coming forward.
1: The energy of the divine, and it's like blessings being restored back to us because we have blessings, each one of us, that we at this juncture on the planet can um, reestablish through us. And so it is a very sacred time for each one of us who chooses to be in a state of receivership of those blessings and to start taking them back Mm -hmm. um, because they're ours.
0: Yes. You know, we were just talking before we got on here and I was sharing my personal um, uh, experience as I just got my doctor yesterday and, and, um, and my teacher, one of my teachers spoke about this great mantle that I feel I've been given, but it's very emblematic of humanity. It's not just me. And what you're talking about brings me back to what they were sharing yesterday in my ceremony. And it's that we all have the opportunity to choose back it's like we have been chosen and are you going to choose back? And that yeah, is so that's powerful.
1: So exactly right. It is powerful. It's self-empowering. And the ego mind thinks "Well, really me being so insignificant, but each one of us is really a jewel. And each one of us has pre-agreed to be here on this earth plane at this time, whether you remember it or not. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to each one of us, because we have free will, whether we decide to open up to receive those blessings back, that part, that sacred part of ourselves. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it's just been a, a profound journey working with the Pleiadians, also with Mother Mary and the Christ energy who are Pleiadian and they are now walking the earth energetically on a very different level, especially Mother Mary around the receivership and the love. Um, she holds that energy, that mantle of herself um, with that mantle of love as the mother and supports that integration of, of that receivership of our blessings, taking them back for ourselves now. How
0: do you explain for people that might be stuck in the sort of religiosity or the dogma of such a name, <laughs> how do you explain what, from your perspective, is Christ consciousness, is this divine feminine consciousness? How would you um, explain that?
1: Well, you know, the, the church has taken Mother Mary and the Christ energy as part of their symbols, as part of their doctrine, and that's not a wrong thing. They're allowed to do that, and the energies of Christ and Mother Mary will stand in their own truth, which is a little different from some of the doctrines of the church, which is disempowering. Uh, Mother Mary and Christ really are self-empowering. They hold the mirror for humanity, all humanity. They don't belong to the church. But, you know, it's it's an interesting concept because I had no um, religious background. My background was really very abusive and I really didn't feel like I even deserved the love of God or the love of Jesus Christ or Mary until I had my awakening 26 years ago. And it's there that I was told, I mean, I received messages and guidance and I went down to the Sea of Galilee Um, I was in Israel, guided to go there and work. I brought the teachings and the energy to work there. And I was in the town of Capernaum, which is the town of Jesus, and told, go down by the Sea of Galilee. So I went down and walked and stood on the shore there. And as I looked out, Jesus Christ was walking across the water towards me. And the love... The quality of that love coming into me at that moment was like nothing I had experienced before. And I just fell to my knees sobbing, overwhelmed by that essence of that love. And when Jesus came to me, when he came to me, he placed his hands on my head for a blessing. And I expected these soft words of love, but his words were, when are you going to resurrect yourself? When are you gonna take yourself off the cross? You've come for self-resurrection. You've placed yourself up on a cross and you're the only one that can take yourself down. It was so... (laughs) The truth of that was so overwhelming, and yet the truth of it was so right. I knew I had condemned myself for all the years I was in that cult as a small child. I had blamed myself for all the things I was part of there,
2: mm.
1: and 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 I, and I knew that it was time for me to to really resurrect myself and take myself off that cross. Mm. It was like, and Jesus Christ never left my side after that. He taught me about love. He, We walked the Sea of Galilee. I was in Israel for many months. We, and daily he would walk with me and share with me about the love and about the self-resurrection process for me to take it out to humanity, you know.
0: <laughs> I just feel as you're sharing this story, this is so kismet this is so divine and so divinely guided as we all are and i'm just sitting here across from you, you know, we're both weeping and yes. and i you share such a similar story to my life it's it's just uh it's almost hilarious uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's like the comedy of god is so present in the grace and uh we'll get into your story very shortly here because you will uh, uh, share how you were given a very short time to live when you had a systemic lupus. And I was told I had a year to live when I was 19 with lupus. Uh-huh. And, yes. And I had an experience. Um, and I believe I healed myself. And when I was in England at that time, I had gotten away from a very, uh, very toxic family situation, a very abusive family situation that I touch upon in some other episodes, but I don't go into great detail. And and to your point, it's this patterning of repetition of self punishment of 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 um, entangling ourselves in the illusion of our own self hatred and separation and all of it negativity mm-hmm. as it
1: is. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But the glory and the beauty of that is that we come from the depth of darkness and despair and we resurrect back into the light. Yes. And we carry those wounds of the healer that is so essential for us to do our work in the world with others. Yes. Because through that self-resurrection process, we carry the gift of holding the mirror for others to heal themselves also yeah. and at the depth of the understanding of the hum- human pain that we've arisen from and liberated ourselves. And that is such a glorious journey uh, that really you don't want to ever go back and do it again but... I would never have done it differently. I understand my journey. I understand where I had to go in order to come to the contrast of understanding my own humanity and my glorious light
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that is everything for me. Yeah. You know, and I think you, anyone like you and I who have gone through the darkness and very dark times, and many have. They, I mean, you can't measure suffering. Like, my suffering was no worse than anyone else's, just different maybe. We all have a different story. But there can be emotional suffering, and um, despair, depression. I mean, how do you measure suffering? And we're not victims, ever. We've pre-agreed to have these experiences so that we can play our role fully out in this life, you know, really fulfilling our mission. Mm -hmm.
0: It just makes me think about a principle that we talk a lot about in the science of soul, or the science of um, soul awareness, which is, Everything that happens here in physical world reality is an opportunity for our growth and upliftment.
1: There's nothing that cannot is not a gift. Yeah, there is nothing that takes place that the, we have co-created that happening to evolve even further. So if you look at it as a gift in the moment and go, okay, what? Am I feeling here? What is it I need to know further about my humanity, my vulnerability, my idiosyncrasies? What am I being shown here?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: so that I can explore and understand myself a little further and liberate myself on another level. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's a glorious journey when you get to that point. And before that point, it can be devastating and really a feeling of being totally lost and and buried, you know? Yes. In life circumstance that comes up, feeling like a victim. And yes. that's a hard place to be. But then from that place you can always move.
0: Yes, yes. Well, let's pivot, if we can, to 1994 where you had your first experience, as I understand it, with the Palladian um beings. And I would love if you could take us back and share that incredible experience that you had and and the start of
1: what was to come in your life. Yeah, that was a really pivotal moment. (laughs) And I was actually just walking out in nature one day, and turned a corner into this meadow, and there was this huge Pleiadian ship and, of course, in those days I didn't believe in aliens or spaceships. I had had my healing ten years earlier, but I didn't realize it was the Pleiadians that had healed me. I thought it was God, and that's all I, all I termed it as God. So here was this Pleiadian ship with the Pleiadians coming out of the ship towards me. Now, I would have run if I could, but they telepathically grabbed my consciousness and reminded me of my own Pleiadian aspect of my mission here in this lifetime. I remembered my life in the Pleiades. I remembered my family members that were coming out of the ship. It was like I was my full Pleiadian energy that I was experiencing and Christine being the human body. And, and it was like this incredible experience with this Pure light pouring in as my Pleiadian aspect actually came right into this physical form. It was, you know, it was, it was a profound experience. I didn't even remember getting home that day. I found myself in bed with this Pleiadian light pouring in, my Pleiadian family around my bed, and I was actually bedridden for two months while i went through this total transmutation as my pleiadian aspect fully embodied me so christine and my pleiadian aspect came into one now i wish i did not want this to happen i have to tell you i went through a huge oh resistance process because Even though the Pleiadians were there, the love was there, they were around me the whole time, I didn't want to be Pleiadian. I didn't want the Pleiadians. I wanted to go back to just working with the light of God, Mm -hmm. what I knew or thought of as the light of God. And that was my work in those days. And here was the truth of my Pleiadian energy, my Pleiadian mission in the world, and I didn't want to accept it. Mm. It was like, you know, it was, I really had this, I mean, this resistance about six weeks into being bedridden with this light pouring into me day and night and being surrounded by my Pleiadian family day and night as I went through this rebirth or reconfiguration of my systems, two angels descended And they said to me, they spoke to me and said, the Pleiadians are part of the God consciousness state. They are not separate. You are part of the God consciousness
2: state. Mm -hmm. And you have your work
1: to do. You are part of the oneness. And your Pleiadian energy is part of your higher consciousness self. And in that, I
2: was able to settle into my new, my new self and being Pleiadian
1: and open to my Pleiadian family and my mission. And it was two weeks later that the, the, the transmission the transmutation was complete, and I got out of bed totally brand new, like with a new wisdom and understanding, a higher consciousness, because my Pleiadian aspect, which was fifth, sixth dimensional, came in with all the wisdom, all the transmutation, all the understanding, all the gifts, the tools of my Pleiadian energy, and I was that. Mm. And that's when my work in the world just accelerated, and it was – from there that my work changed. I made statements about my Pleiadian aspect. I couldn't lie about it. I, I stood, I, a lot of people moved away. A lot of people came in. Yes. And that's my work in the world, physically going all over the world, traveling 9, 10 months a year for 26 years, um, bringing the light initiations, teaching, doing healing work, They channeled healing programs through me where I worked with brain-injured children um, all over the the Middle East and through Europe and Brazil and Argentina and U.S. Um, It was, you know, I was everywhere, Canada, Asia, um, and I would just worked. I've been working really nonstop since the pandemic, physically traveling the world and now online. Mm. So... I went through that huge transmutation, and over the last 26 years, of course, have been really blessed, not only with my Pleiadian heritage, um, my star family, but strong connections right through the galactic community, of course, and working with the Galactic Council and right through the universe. And then working strongly with Mother Mary, the Christ energy, the Buddha essence, with my alignments, you know, I am just part of that oneness state uh, with all the master energies. So that's just been my journey, and it's been a real humbling experience and um, incredibly um, fulfilling and humbling at the same time.
0: I can really, really see that just listening to you and seeing it on your face, the purity of it, of your share. And it's, uh, it's humbling for me to witness as well. For those that, myself included, I don't think I've had an experience with the Palladians. Maybe I have, and I'm not aware of it. I could say I've experienced other things or beings, but who are the Palladians? Who are they?
1: That's a great question because a lot of people don't understand who they are. And the Pleiadians are living in incarnation. They're not in spirit form. And their mission in this incarnation is to support humanity on Earth to make this huge transition of consciousness, to move planet Earth from a third-dimensional illusion planet to a fourth, fifth, sixth-dimensional planet. So, that they are here and they work alongside the full a universal community. They're part of a team, a universal team that are here in all sorts of capacities. Their role specifically is to bring light initiations to humanity and to bring truth to dispel the illusion, the stories of illusion of what enlightenment is and how. We can move into enlightenment. The the lies the, and the and the um, you know the the things that are the belief systems that are keeping everyone stuck. Yes. About um, it's all self empowerment and learning about our humanity and loving our humanity and our perfectly imperfect human aspect. And at the same time, teaching people, students, that's my work in the world right now, how to move into their enlightenment process. And it's not a difficult process. It's actually natural, a natural returning state. So the Pleiadians come from the seven sisters or the Pleiades, it's a set of series of stars. And them, as I said, their mission in this lifetime in their incarnation is to support humanity on earth and work on this level um, through, um, you know, different people who have pre-agreed. You see, some of us have Pleiadian aspects. Some of us have come in with a Pleiadian aspect to be awakened at a certain time. And when that awakens, you start to embody that higher consciousness like I have with my Pleiadian aspect. Some of us, all of us originated off-planet. We all have a star family of origin, um, which is part of our higher self. Some of it's Pleiadian. There are many, many life force galactic groups throughout the universe, but we all have a star family of origin, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. And it's part of our enlightenment process is reconnect to that family of origin off-planet. And we need that to support our fulfillment of our missions of awakening and enlightenment in this lifetime. And the Pleiadians say that all of us who are awake right now will achieve that in this lifetime. Um, and they say that Earth is doing really well, even though the, we look at all the chaos and the drama, that's just the third dimension. But on another level, we are actually ahead of our evolution. Mm. Now, that evolutionary process at this point. So
0: what dimension are they living or existing in?
1: Fifth, sixth, seventh dimensional um, energies right now, depending on individual evolution, but the minimum is unconditional love, fifth dimension.
0: How does one know if they're in a higher dimensional state?
1: Well, you know what, let's talk about that because I think it's really important. You don't just automatically go to a higher dimensional state and stay there. Remember, the Pleiadians will always say this, you are going to have your human experience. You've come here to have a human experience while you awaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, People want to get rid of their ego, the fear, the struggle and all that. But no, 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 one's not supposed to do that. Mm
2: -hmm. We
1: will. Continue to have our human vulnerabilities as long as we need them to learn, to learn about mostly about ourselves and our own idiosyncrasies. And it's really about accepting your imperfections, not trying to get rid of them, because we can't. It's impossible for us to be per- perfect. We're perfectly imperfect as a human being. So, the, our g- gift is to come into a state of self-acceptance of our own idiosyncrasies and imperfections. Mm -hmm. That's self-love. And that's
0: pervasive on this planet. If you you want to partake of it, it's available.
1: And the Pleiadians say every decision you've made, every choice you've made, every action you've made in your life has been perfect for your learning experience. You cannot in any way... Make any choice you've made as wrong or bad. There are no wrong choices. There's just a series of experiences that arise from the choices that we make. And so the ego mind wants to make us wrong, want us to regret our decisions, feel guilt and shame for our what we've done and what we haven't done or what we've said and what we haven't said. You know, every. Everyone is a player on a stage and we've pre-agreed to have an interaction with these people in our lives, our family members, friends. When no one's a victim, everyone's pre-agreed to play out a certain role for the other one. Mm. So with that in mind, we can't possibly, if you're going to align to truth, that truth, have regrets, feel shame or guilt. We may feel it and it's about feeling the feelings, and breathing them through, and take ownership of those vulnerabilities, of that self-condemnation, that self-judgment, of the struggle, of the fear. Well, we have it. It's not about pushing it away, but it's embracing it, breathing it through, and understanding that's our human part that needs love and compassion and patience. Mm. The Pleiadians bring that teaching, that base teaching. And the, one, of the, one of the illusions or the biggest illusions is unless we become perfect, we can't become enlightened. Right. And actually that's the biggest, whole, you know, keeps, it keeps people from believing or moving towards being, that enlightenment process because they don't feel good enough. Yes. They yeah. They don't feel worthy. Yes. And the fact yes. is, you know what? We only have to accept our imperfection and know that's not going to change. That self acceptance of our imperfection is the first step to the enlightenment process of self love.
0: If we're the creator or the co creator, meaning that we gave the thumbs up along with creation, that this will be what our life looks like. These are our preordained lessons, all of it. Do you or how do you see that you created your illness?
1: Oh, well, that was a simple one. You know, I created my illness to kill myself. You see, from my occult ritual abuse from the time I was 2 to 13, um, I was just destroyed. It was like every part of my core was broken down. Mm -hmm. Desperation, the hopelessness, the helplessness, it never, ever left me and I never, ever dealt with it. So at 31, when I was given that diagnosis with a few months to live, I was in the hospital and it was like I really... I realized I wanted to die, that I had created something to kill myself, to escape. But in that moment, because all my power had gone, all my self-belief power was destroyed inside. I was like an empty shell. But in that moment, actually an excitement ran through me because I realized I had the power to create something to kill myself. And a light bulb went on. It was like, oh my gosh, I do have power. And then the next thought was if I create my own um, illness and to die, I could create my own healing. Yes. And in that moment, I realized I was still holding all the pain of my childhood. And because of the pain and the terror, you know, and the feeling of helplessness—that is the worst feeling in the world. Feeling helpless, I blame myself rather than feeling helpless. I blame myself for all of it, in, it because if I could blame myself, then I didn't have to feel the helplessness that was so devastating,
2: mm. and such poison to the to the body and the spirit. Yeah, exactly. I have
0: so many questions. <laughs> 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 Circle back to the
1: Palladians. Uh, what do they look like? Do they have bodies? They do have physical bodies because they're from a higher vibrational state, a multi dimensional state. They live in alternate reality states on this planet. That's where they exist right now while they're working with humanity. They are tall and thin and they're vibrating light, but the form is there. It's just vibrating because it's, it's such a a high frequency of light so yes many people see them many people sense them but they are absolutely able to be seen
0: the beings that are uh visiting planet earth and as i'm asking this i kind of want to say without knowing well there's many beings so it could be a a whole slew of different beings but i'm going to ask this question anyway the beings that have been caught on camera and, and, you know, we're seeing, I feel like an acceleration of these visitations or maybe just more people are becoming aware of them and thus we have more coverage, but do you, are any of these beings of the Palladian aspect? Are they of the Orion aspect? Are they of the Anunnaki Who are these beings? Or can you even answer that question?
1: Well, there are so many different beings here. You know, you have the Octurians, the Syrians, the um, I mean, there's a the 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 Lemurians are are working very much in the earth space with the crystals. Uh the Pleiadians, Syrians, Octurians, there are so many different life force beings here on the planet. They're part of that. Um, universal team that I talked about and the the part of that team. Everyone's working together but from a different viewpoint and with different human beings, some who have a Syrian aspect, you know, so they're working directly with those with Syrian aspects. I have that Pleiadian aspect, my own Pleiadian being that's here that interacts and works with all the Pleiadians that are here on the planet, not in um, human bodies. So there's uh, there's many, many different hundreds of thousands of different life force groups from star star um, origins here on the planet right now.
0: Are they able to take a human form? to operate in
1: the third density only if there's a pre-agreement like with me the pre-agreement they haven't taken over my body but my pleiadian aspect was designed pre-agreed to come in at that time so that i would evolve very quickly and carry the full essence of my pleiadian right. energy, energy for the planet. <laughs> Um, But they cannot take over a body, nor do they want to take over a body. But if you have your, say, your Pleiadian aspect and you've made a pre-agreement for them to come and fully awaken through you, um, that's part of your higher self. It's not not something foreign to you. It's part of your makeup, your sacred makeup. But not taking over bodies. There are walk-ins sometimes. Certain physical bodies, people have made a pre-agreement for a walk-in to come in to their body. That can take place. That's a pre-agreement. But n- there is never a moment where uh, a, a, uh, you know, an energy outside will come in without permission and pre-agreement to come into another body. That doesn't take place.
2: Why?
0: Don't they just, I don't even know how to ask this question, why don't more people see them and why are they not integrating more with planet Earth where it's like, oh, this is my Palladian brother, Billy, visiting me today?
1: (laughs) This is not, understand, this is not the time. The separation, the split is too strong here on planet Earth. Imagine we have problems with country to country let alone earth to universe and so there's a there's a whole lot of there's a lot of sightings there's a light a lot going on a lot of people seeing things but a lot of that is also being blanketed the pleiadians say the fear element in most human beings is so high that the last thing they need is to perpetuate more fear in the human ego mind so that they appear to those who are willing and ready to receive them. They are working with many, many people who are awakened on the planet and that everything's progressing in time slots. It's what the Pleiadians call the new dawning phases. Mm-hmm. And you know we, we go from one phase to another phase to another phase as humanity is ready. But they say at a certain moment, understand, every human being received a crystalline structure through their body on 11, 11, 11. This crystalline structure in the body allows the full content of the sacred higher self to, at a certain moment to live in this physical body energetically, electrically, be able to cope with that surge of electric light that we are in our sacred being. The Pleiadians say at a certain moment, understanding that your sacred nature is fully intact just beyond the veil. All of us have one. And it's fully intact. There's nothing we have to do. When that veil lifts, there'll just simply be a remembering. Oh, here I am. It's like awakening from a dream. And there's going to be a moment where a large group of people, suddenly the veil will lift and they'll just simply remember who they are. And that energy, that essence of them will be able to come into that crystalline structure. The Pleiadians say a large group of human beings will awaken in that way.
0: Do they say when on the timeline of life, of Earth time, when this sort of
1: mass awakening will occur? They're telling me it will be around 10, 15 years from now. 10, 15, 20 years from now. Many of us will reawaken before that. Those of us who are awake now and working consciously will go through a transition much sooner than that. But a large mass of people who have good hearts will have that awakened experience. And it won't be shocking for them. It'll just be like, oh, I remember I, I came here to do this. And right. they just have their full consciousness intact. But we have said that we would do this, a more, maybe a more challenging path. We're holding the path We've, you know, all of us have put ourselves on the line, trusted, let go. I mean, we've been through a lot. Yes. But that's what we chose to do. That was what we chose in as our experience. But there's another group of people who haven't chose to do that. They've chose just to awaken in a moment.
2: Mm.
0: So everyone that was born after 11-11-11, do they They, come?
1: They automatically come in with their crystalline structure in their bodies. We've all said we wanted to do it this way. Others have said we'll come in birthed after. After 11, 11 11 with it in others yeah. are saying, I'm going to just go through that awakening and just remember. You know, we we all have chosen different levels of experience, yes, and not one's not more than the other, it's just choosing a way that we needed to have an experience. I concur,
0: <laughs> everything really is perfect.
2: That sounds
1: hard but... No, it's true. It is. And when you really open up and live that, uh, you're totally in, in a liberation. There's no struggle left. There's no, nothing to fear. You can actually set yourself free when you open in, into that truth.
0: And people heal themselves of anything.
1: Yes, I believe they can. I think we are meant to self-heal. I feel like ultimately we must self-heal. And, you know, to put it on someone else to heal you, to hand your body and say it's about taking responsibility for your own physical body. It's about coming back into your body. When we're in pain or we have dis-ease we leave that area of the body. We mentally move our energy away. And actually, we need to do the, the opposite. We need to move our awareness into that site of the body where the I- injury or the pain is or the disease. Doesn't matter how, whether it's cancer or a sore toe or whatever it is. You come back into your body. You use what the Pleiadians call the conscious breath, which is a breath in the mouth and out the mouth. And where your awareness goes, where you hold your awareness on that place, when you take that conscious breath, it says, yes, I'm willing to let go. Yes, I'm willing to receive my light. So you're releasing, you're bringing your energy, your light back into this area of your body. You're letting your body know, I'm coming back here now. I've left you, but now I choose to come back in. And the body starts to have a circulation come in. The density of the dis-ease can leave the body with the conscious breath coming in. And you start to move through a self-healing process. And this is part of the processes that I work with worldwide or have over the years with hundreds of thousands of people. And I, sometimes I work in a theater with, say, 2,000 people for 90 minutes and just guide people into their bodies and allow them to start to open up into that self-empowerment of reclaiming this physical body. Now, this is our vehicle. Our vehicle, our responsibility. Wherever there is disease in the body, it's because we've not felt an emotion with held it in because we couldn't deal with the emotion at the time it locks into the cells of the body in a site and then starts to ferment Mm. and create disease you know and that's okay that's the experience but now you can have the experience of choosing to come back into your physical body into that area reclaim it and feel what is hidden Mm in the sight within the cells and that is self-liberation and i know for myself with the lupus that releasing that helplessness that understanding the degree of helplessness of pain you know was the the energy of that just just I claimed my power back that day in that hospital. I left hospital that day to go home to do something, and I wasn't sure what because I wasn't into healing, meditation, anything, but I knew I needed to sit with myself and be, and that's what I did. And two weeks later, I was filled with light. I was filled with light. I thought it was the light of God. It was like love that I'd never experienced in my life. But that love never left me. It stayed with me. It poured through me, and it allowed my body to heal. And it was, of course, my Pleiadian family, but I couldn't have taken that or even taken in that concept at that point. I just said it's the love of God, and that was all I stayed with.
0: What do the Pleiadians say is God?
2: Oh, the God consciousness state—they call it the God seat of power. And what do they say about Jesus? Is G- Jesus
0: is a Palladian?
1: Is that correct? Jesus is a Palladian. He walked the earth. He's now back, having a stronger profile on the earth at this time to help with the. To, to really mirror the energetic of the love of the self-resurrection process. And Mother Mary, similar, they work hand in hand. She brings in the um, what she calls the divine receivership um, of bringing the mirror that we deserve to receive and that we can take in, re-receive those blessings that are ours to have at this time for ourselves. So they both work side by side. They're very much in the work that I do daily, but they're with everybody who calls them in because that's their commitment to humanity. Beautiful. If
0: I think about Jesus as an Essene master, many of them live to be 800 years old, some of them as they put themselves in their initiation uh their their sarco- I believe it was like a sarcophagus where they could regenerate their bodies are we moving back as a species in humanity where we can regenerate our bodies and extend our life to seven eight hundred years old
1: absolutely i'm already been working with a lot of those energies from the pleiadians a lot of the energy and the initiations they're transmitting to the students is rejuvenation, regeneration of the system and the organs. So there's a youthing process going on that you can work with that really enlivens the body and re- recalibrates the body's systems and organs.
0: Do they say anything about the ability to regenerate like a lost limb? When will we have that consciousness?
1: Well, I've uh, some of my programs, some of the initiation—not my programs—that have been channeled in by the Pleiadians. Is you see, we all, even if you've lost a leg, there's a blueprint that's yeah. still the Pleiadians have shown me the energetic blueprints, and I and we, we work with the students. We provide them with those blueprints, and they start to be able to transmit those blueprints and learn how to actually activate the blueprints for the regrowth of organs and limbs and the 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 energetic is there Um, and i guess it's going to evolve as we go through a very we're going through a rapid transmutation on the 3rd of july in a few days third or fourth of july at the time of the full moon there's going to be a huge reset on the planet and this reset is going to propel Earth into a very different energetic setting through the magnetic core. It's like the, there will be a whole planetary shift and reset on the third and the fourth. And we'll, Earth will transmit a pulse that will align it on a new level to the whole universe for the very first time. And, and in, in early July, and everyone on Earth, or especially those of us awake, will go through a, a rapid transmutation process. So that really allows each one of us to align in a very different dimensional aspect of our own sacred nature, and the alternate reality spaces that have always existed on Earth. They're going to their doorways are going to open on another level, and that's where we start to go through another phase of the new dawning that I was talking about, that the Pleiadians talk about, the phases of the new dawning. So with that, the energy of the rejuvenation of limbs and the blueprints can will become more made, made more manifest. Like a lot of this material is a little ahead of its time in relation to the energetic setting of Earth right now.
0: It's mm, so, so exciting. It's like a breath of fresh air. It's a relief as you talk. That mm-hmm. And hopefully people listening will feel that as well, that they can worry less and, and really feel the excitement of being embodied right now, at the opportunity in well, front of them.
1: We can choose to worry in that illusion or we can choose to liberate ourselves and operate from the hard space, which is our multidimensional selves and everyone gets to choose and doesn't mean you do it perfectly you have moments of being human that's okay but then now more moments of letting go and just aligning into those fourth fifth dimensional settings that are part of the heart space where you can let go of the suffering the worrying the fear and move into the sacred flow that each one of us has that leads us, you know, to a greater design of ourselves. You know, it's a step-by-step, moment-by-moment process.
2: Yes.
0: This transmutation that's taking place, or at least this next phase, um, can it provoke feelings in the body where we feel... You know, there's manifestations of that transmutation, whether it be headaches or dizziness or lightheadedness. Do they talk anything about that, that be aware when you feel such and such, just know that is this?
1: Well, they talk about that a lot because, you know, there's heart palpitations going on with the new electrical circuitry going on through the heart space. The heart cells are transmutating. There's a a transmitter within the heart cells that's beginning to open and pulse and that shifts the electrical settings in the heart. There's changes in what the Pleiadians call the divine Access point, which is in the base of the throat, which mm. is connected also through to the thyroid, which the Pleiadians call the divine um, aspect. Um, and so the thyroid's changing its role and it's interacting through, that's the full sacred heart, the DAP, the thyroid, and the heart. There's huge changes going on in the pineal and within the electrical currents of the brain um, and the brain stem because the brain cells are beginning to open up. Our telepathic center is beginning to activate on another level. So that can create headaches, dizziness, disorientation. There's the spinal fluid is transmuting. It's expanding and becoming more, more brilliant, more, you know, more kind of uh, electrical and and more brilliant and and coming down into the sacrum. So that's what the sacred system is of our bodies, the sacrum, the spinal fluid, the brainstem, the brain cells, the pineal, and then down into the third eye and the DAP, the divine access point, the thyroid, the heart, the solar plexus. That is all the sacred systems. And that whole sacred system is like a light switch just being flipped on it's been turned on. It's been off and it's flipped on. And then it's turned off again while well, we adjust. And then it's turned back on again. So it's on and off, on and off, and we're going through, you know, feeling disorientated, time, you're not understanding, time's going really fast, you know, finding yourself in an alternate reality space because that's the fourth, fifth dimension here on the planet. And then just coming back into your body and feeling yourself again and feeling a fluidity in your body and a light and energy. It's just this whole transmutation moving through our energetic field. We're just being flipped on, flipped off, flipped on, flipped off in moments um, through the transmutation. So the Pleiadians speak a lot about that.
0: As we're moving into higher and higher dimensional um, embodiment, how far, how many dimensions is um, sort of available at this time? Is it the 10th, 11th, 12th? What's yes. going on with our DNA is really the question.
1: Well, there, there's a huge change in our DNA structure. So okay. the DNA strands are coming back into a certain realignment, but there are many, many different multidimensional layers of the DNA strands. But they are coming back. They are being reconnected. And what, I, what I'm seeing and what the Impleidians are showing me right now is that they come back together while the systems are switched on and then they just come apart a little more when it's switched back off because we have to go through this restructuring process. And it's got to be done in layers for us to be able to function and orientate, reorientate ourselves more and more. Yes, we have the crystalline structure and the crystalline structures in our brain, in the lungs and in the heart and pineal and thyroid. And so the crystalline structure can take that level of light. That's not a problem. But we do have to orient, reorientate to these we're multi-dimensional beings yeah. you know having a human experience right. so moving back into our multi-dimensionality but it's got to be in segments and in phases and that's and we that's why part of what the you know we have the galactic Council that's overseeing our transitional phases um, they play a lot of a big role in monitoring us making sure we're kept stabilised. That's part of the role of the Pleiadians and some of the spiritual realms are playing roles in that as well um, to support this transition and that we're stabilising as we go.
0: What do they say about... uh the negative forces that are being played out on the planet and the sense that a lot of people are talking about that there's an acceleration. It's like it's the darkest before the dawn sort of idea.
2: It's A
1: lot of the new light that's anchored on the planet is creating an upheaval of the chaos. It's creating the chaos, the density. It's always been there. It's just now coming up out, out of everywhere, out of every corner. We're witnessing it right through the world. And the Pleiadians say it's going to accelerate further. It's not done accelerating, as well as the earth changes and weather patterns. Everything is bubbling to the surface. So there's a lot of that happening. And, you know, everyone is placed strategically on the planet. Like you're where you are, I'm where I am. There's people in Syria, there's people in the Ukraine. You know, people say they want to save the people, but the people are where they're supposed to be and they've said yes to having this experience and playing out these last human roles of drama. You know, think of it, no victims, everyone has pre-agreed to be placed and play out what they need for themselves for their own direct experience. So there's a tremendous number of human beings that are in that chaos and there are, and we each choose to be where we need to be. I mean, for me, I'm out in the wilderness area in the center of Australia. This is where I'm supposed to be, channeling from here, which is where it's the clearest place, one of the clearest places on the planet to bring in the pure energies from the Pleiadians and the galactic groups to move out into the world and transmit that. You know, we're all where we need to be, where we're supposed to be, where we said yes to being. And we can make changes too. You don't have to stay where you are unless that's what you choose to stay in. You know, each one of us has a choice and we can make changes if that's what we want. hmm
0: Do they talk about any particular grids that are on the planet that could serve as a place of acceleration if you go there and you meditate or you just
1: absolutely first- there are many power places like mount shasta in california in the united states we were we were actually i've just moved i've lived in the united states the last 36 years and just come back to australia um, in november so we've just moved back here but we were, we set up a galactic receiving station up in the wilderness area on the Great Lakes, right next to the Canadian border, and that is a main branch of energy. Mount Shasta is another power spot. Sedona, incredible power spot. Uluru, which is four hours from here, is another one of those spots. Katajuta is also near there. There are many, many power spots where we can go and where the, where the veils are very thin, where the energies are open for us to receive mm-hmm. what it is for me. And so when you're drawn to those spaces, you know, you go. Well, for I do anyway. Many people uh, are guided to go somewhere and they don't follow their guidance, and that's their choice too. You know, from the time of my awakening, I committed to following my guidance no matter what. And that's what I've been doing for the last since my my really my awakened energy when I had the lupus. From there, you know that's thirty seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've no matter what I've done, what I've been guided to do, and it's brought me on this journey. It's up to each individual if you choose to listen to your guidance or not. I can't imagine not listening. Why are we here if you don't want to listen? But I know human beings get afraid, and they go, oh, I can't do that, you know, and they say I don't choose to do this, so they don't have their experience. Right. And, you know, it's, it's whatever you choose to do, whatever experience you choose to create for yourself. Yes. Well,
0: there's a big – um sort of a juicy word, I think, for a lot of people, particularly maybe in the new age space, manifestation. Everybody's interested in manifestation. And when I um, think of a lot of people I've interviewed that have had near-death experiences, they all tend to say the same thing in in this context, in that a time when they were up, on the other side everything happened at once there is no time time is truly an illusion down here but time is as it is in the third dimension for the purposes of our our growth purposes of contrast and everything else and my question is regarding manifestation down here can we manifest at, and speed up manifestation through a thought is there an approach that we can take like when i speak of i'm talking in circles here a bit but when i think of these people that i've interviewed that say when i crossed over i had a thought of a person and they just appeared or i ended up in their living room or i i thought of something that i wanted to experience and the experience was there in less than a nanosecond but of course that doesn't happen down here But can we speed that up? Is there something that we're missing in our human experience that blocks us in our ability to
1: manifest
0: what's of our heart?
1: The main thing when you talk about the heart's desire, the main block about people manifesting what their heart's desire is, is when you don't accept, you must accept what you've created around you. You must take ownership and full responsibility of what you already have around you. And when you do that, then you can manifest something else. Manifestation can't come from here, the ego mind. The ego mind is not, it's third dimensional. It can't create. It can't manifest. So that the first step to true manifestation is Say you want to change your life or something in your life, that's fine. That desire is perfect. But first, you have to accept that you created what you have around you. Everything around you that maybe you don't choose anymore, you created. And you have to take full responsibility for that creation. Doesn't mean you have to do anything about it, just means you have to accept that this is what I have co-created and now I choose, I take responsibility for this creation, and now I choose to change this element of it. That's a first step. And then true manifestation comes, we talk about, well, the Pleiades talk strongly about the heart's desire, which is everything. The heart is the doorway into your multidimensional self. You are a multidimensional being and your multidimensional tools all exist here from the heart space. So you can't think about it here to try and manifest because that is like, can't go anywhere, right? So it comes from this, a pure space of thought of choosing to activate your creation energy
2: and allow it to evolve from
1: this space. And not words, but what the Pleiadians call thought codes, energetic thought codes. They're energetic vibrational pieces that are generated through from the pineal that work in alignment with the heart.
2: So someone listening and hearing that, they might say, well, what do I do?
1: First thing is develop here. This is home. This is your multidimensional tool of your sacred heart. You bring both palms of your hands to connect to the upper chest. Hold your awareness there and just take that conscious breath in the mouth, out the mouth which naturally when you hold your awareness there, you feel the warmth, the pressure of your hands on your physical chest, which is part of your heart, your sacred heart. Use the conscious breath and develop a relationship with you see, sense, or feel the essence of your heart. It's multidimensional. It goes well beyond your physical body. But this is the entry point to a multidimensional doorway of yourself. This is what will create your heart's
2: desire. Mm -hmm. It's all right there. Just step right into it.
1: That's right. And then you become that. Yes. Five minutes a day, one minute a day, every time, every moment you choose, consciously choose, I'm coming into my multidimensional heart. Every cell in your body transforms. Powerful. It starts to open up and become a natural transmitter for the manifestation of your heart's desire.
2: Exquisite. And, again, so empowering. Yes. Yeah. Empowering. What else
1: do you need but that? Right. You see, I love it because it doesn't involve any other human being. This is me with me becoming self-empowered, coming back to myself, to my sacred holy being of essence that I am. And there is nothing more than that. You see, everything is here. This is the center of your universe. Everything arises From here, there is nothing else,
2: nothing else. And it feels like, just
0: intuitively speaking, that's where we're moving to, is that we're moving more into collectively our hearts rather than our me, me, me,
1: I, I, I ego mentality. Well, that's all up here. That's just the whole ego structure, which is, you know, we need ego minds to help us organize shopping lists, but it is not meant to never meant to run our lives and make decisions so your heart is your only true reference point it's like a guiding light a compass for your entire awakening And there's nothing else. So, you know what, the ego mind will want to find other things because it gets bored and it doesn't want to be here because it's afraid that it will be obsolete. It will never be obsolete. I use my ego mind. I don't even use a calculator. I let it add up figures so it feels useful in my life. Right. That's my commitment. I channel a lot. My ego mind needs the love, compassion, patience. It needs to be tended to. Honored for what it can do, but not what it, not for making decisions in my life. It does not run my life. It's not the master. No. And now, of course, it's perfectly happy because it's loved, appreciated, appreciated, and my sacred nature is fully intact.
2: What is the most potent, powerful teaching that the Palladians are giving to you right now in these words. <laughs> it's very simple. You are who you've been waiting for. Mm. The miracle is you. Yeah. All along it's been us. Yep. I feel nothing
1: you. else. You see, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> it's so simple. There's nothing else. You can get into all the stuff. It's just
2: you. And people dislike that because they want another answer.
0: I bet. They want to complicate it because life's been so
1: complicating. That's right. It's simple, but it's in that simplicity for the, for the human ego mind, it's
2: challenging. Yeah. So the
1: opportunity sits right here, right now. And we require a lot of love, compassion, and patience for our humanity, for our human selves, constantly.
0: Well, Christine, I would love to talk to you for about another five hours, but I have to
1: drive into <laughs> to the airport. <laughs> yeah, I have a day too. <laughs> nice. It's been so nice connecting with you, though.
0: Oh, it's been such an honor. And, and uh, could you tell us where we can find you, anyone listening, and I'll have your information as well on the show notes.
1: Sure, um, www.christinedayonline.com. Beautiful.
0: Well, God bless you for all the work you're doing, for all the light you are bringing to humanity and you having the courage to listen to the the downloads, the directives, and just being willing
1: to choose back. So be it. Love and blessings to you and to everyone out there.
0: Hey, guys, thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform or go to spiritualgeekout.com.